Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for Him. And today we have David Alexander. He's a retired police chief, pastor, and public safety consultant, and it is such an honor to have you here. How are you today? Oh, it's just great to be here. I'm doing well, Ricky. I'm just excited. Uh, and uh, to, just to be on this podcast with you, so it's a blessing. You're so sweet to take this seriously and come in here. He's got his Bible verse that's helping him in this season. For you all who don't know, retired police chief David Alexander, you have been a leader in this community for how many years? Uh, practically for 32 years. 32 years. Can you talk to us about your career real quick to kind of let people know who you are? Okay. Well, uh, I, I attended public schools here and I left here and went to Atlanta to college. And uh, I didn't finish college in Atlanta, but when I came back, I got employed uh, with the Pensacola Police Department uh, as a public safety cadet. And I worked my way up to the ranks. I, I became a training officer, mm-hmm. uh, then became a detective and a sergeant. And of course, I, all the way up to the ranks of chief of police. And yeah. uh, at each level, uh, I was placed in leadership positions where, whether it was in the community or in the department, uh, I had to be a person that um, people who interacted with me could trust and and that's something that's high on my list, being able yeah. to trust people because that's a part of the um, the foundation of a relationship, right. you know, mutual respect and trust. So, um, and that's something that just resonated in my spirit throughout my career. And so, whether I was dealing with people on on official calls, you know, it's important to be mm-hmm. trusting. It's important to say what you mean and mean what you say, and even in enforcing laws and protecting people and property you have to be honest in doing that and right. that, and a lot of time people say well you can't no you can you you can do things right uh even in in this secular world and still please god and honor god in the way you do your job and so uh i try to uh, my striving every day once i came to know jesus because when i got into law enforcement uh, i didn't have a relationship with him uh, once i became a sergeant is when I uh, uh, turned my heart toward him, uh, uh, went through my conversion and uh, my spiritual baptism and, and, uh, and it was a new life. Really? A more purpose-driven life. So Okay, so before we started recording, you mentioned the words purpose-driven several times. Yes. And I think everybody listening to this wants to live life on purpose. So uh-huh. what ignited you to have a new life? I mean, Jesus gives us a new life and you talked about baptism, but when you just said purpose-driven, kind of, you know, it's like purpose-driven. Well, uh, I can say it like this. You know, uh, there's a scripture that says that we are all like sheep gone astray. And so in our own lives, we kind of grow up with an idea of what we want. Mm -hmm. And it's not, there's very little consideration about what God might want. Um, So uh, in law enforcement, I felt like that was my call. I still feel like that's my call uh, to be in law enforcement, to be a viable part of law enforcement. But what I didn't know going in is how that was going to play out according to the the kingdom plan. So, um, so I did a lot of the things that you would do to, uh, as they say, to progress up the, up the, up the career ladder. But it was, I had a track mind, uh, of how that success is going to look 
versus there was a track that God had me on that there were going to be many successes. Mm. Uh, there was going to be successes in building relationships. So um, across all different types of paradigms. So I, I um, you know, it came a time when uh, as a sergeant, I was frustrated um, and I was really uh, not finding the fulfillment. And that's that's what was the, the source of the frustration. You couldn't find fulfillment. I mean, I was I was married. I had um, two um, beautiful children. Mm -hmm. So I, I was actually living my childhood dream of, you know, having my own home and and or be, at that time we were, we were getting ready to build my house that yeah. I'm living in now. Yeah. And so I was living this childhood dream of having a career, being married with two children. I mean, to the T, I mean, two cars. Yeah. So um, this is something as kids, my friends and I in the neighborhood dreamed about the life we wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And so here I am living my dream and I'm still not happy. I'm still not complete. There's no contentment. Uh, and it wasn't the competitiveness that comes like I, I played high school and college basketball, so I'm very competitive. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't the competitive. It was like an emptiness that was still there. So, um, of course, being raised in a, a Christian family, I know that I needed to surrender my life unto the Lord. Matter of fact, that was a discussion my wife and I had, and I pretty much told her that, look, before we get married, I'm telling you, there's a call on my life. Uh, of God and I have to answer it sooner or later before you got saved before I got saved whoa that speaks to someone right now so I was fighting so that lets you know I was fighting the tug to surrender okay I was fighting the tug to surrender and uh what I was doing you know and that's why you know people think that you just all you have to do is just do good and you're going to please God and you'll make it to heaven. No, you got to be good. You got to have his righteousness Amen. in you. Yeah. Uh, he said, except a man be born of both water and his spirit, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So no, it's not your works that's going to get you. It's works that you'll do because of your faith. Your right. faith is what's going to get you in there. Yeah, Jesus. But, you know, faith without works is, is dead. dead. So uh, I did good things. I went out and I talked to kids. I, I tried to motivate kids to, you know, to turn away from the evils of the society right. and seek to do that, which is good. But, you know, it wasn't good uh, because it wasn't coming from God. It wouldn't come from the heart of God. Uh, so when uh, I ran, I ran, I ran, I ran, I tried to avoid it. And, um, and one day he just struck me down. And uh, all of my siblings had received salvation before I did. And I was over in Mobile. I had just spoke to a youth group at a church. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was telling them I had this big display of all these different things that, you know, it just kind of, you know, it got their attention. And it was it, there was a little bit of excitement. But at the end of the day, uh, this was, you know, what I call myself, you know, giving back to God. I was a tither, but I just had not repented and turned my heart towards God. And a lot of times people think that just because you go to church, just because you do all the things that on the bucket list Christians supposed to do. But if you don't have that spiritual relationship, then you're not aligning your will up with the will of God. And so um, so that day um, I passed out. I was also taking the promotional exam. So I passed out. I was at the home 
of a, a registered nurse who worked at Providence Hospital, which mm-hmm. was the Gulf Coast premier cardiology hospital mm-hmm. at that time. And, um, and, and I passed out in her house and she said, uh, when, when I came to, um, she was trying to get me to respond mm-hmm. and my attention was drawn to my two brothers who were standing by the phone praying. Wow. They prayed and then they called and asked for paramedics to come. And that never left my mind. Mm. That scene never left my mind, you know? And so my, um, the, the nurse said to me, she says, look like you had a massive heart attack because you turned blue in the face and you were losing your coloration. She mm-hmm. said, and so that's why I was trying to get you out. Cause when I came to, she was, she was uh, slapping my face and blowing in my face, trying mm-hmm. to get me to respond. How old were you? Um, I was, uh, uh, that was, I think I was 40. I think I just turned, I just turned 40. Okay. No, I was 38. Okay. Wow. I was okay. 38. I was 38 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and I had this thing in my mind that when I felt like the world was going to come to an end, that all I had to do was repent and I would go to heaven, you know, because, you know, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for mm-hmm. a ready church without a spot or wrinkle. So I was playing on the edge. I was using the fact that I, and I'm saying I was in my mind, I think in subconsciously that's the way it was, is I was playing a game of Russian roulette, counting on being able to repent and turn to God on my deathbed rather than surrender my life to him where he can use me while I'm able. So, yeah. um, you know, um, that proved that day that that strategy was not going to work because the nurse told me that I we lost you. She said, you uh, begin to lose color, which means that you are gone. There was no, there was, so, so when, and then when my, my, when I came to, and my attention was drawn to the two ministers mm-hmm. praying who happened to be my, my younger brothers, um, it kind of, when I circle back around to that, that was a God thing. He's getting your attention. And so from that point on, I became seriously concerned about my soul. And, uh, I went to about a day and a half of tests at uh, Providence Hospital and the doctor, the head of cardiology department, he came to me before he discharged me. He says, look, you don't have sugar diabetes. You don't have anything that we could detect that can explain what has happened to you. So all I can tell you is uh, you need to follow up with your personal doctor and that you're, you're, for as we can tell you're a good, healthy young man. And so I'm saying, okay, what in the world is going on? So, um, you know, saying the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, well, you know, you need to be saved. Okay. So right there with the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you need to be saved. I think that's an emotion that a lot of people feel when they're running. Like mm-hmm. you said, running, 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 running. Why did it stop you this time? Um, I, well, here's, I think the, 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 the episode really broke the ice to now, my heart was, the soil was broken and where I could receive the word of God. Where I could receive the word of God. Okay. So, wow. so you know, remember, if the seed doesn't fall on, on good ground, then it can't be planted and grow. Mm. So um, my flesh was fighting me 
And this is where he really began to deliver me from my own flesh, which was, which, which was what my biggest problem is letting this world and the cares of this world go. Right. And right, so, right, right, um, right, right. I began to, you know, that, like I said, over a process of days, I began to, this thing began to get stronger and stronger in me. And, and I would go to different churches and God would use the speaker that day to speak to my heart. And, uh, and it is no matter where I went. Mm -hmm. So it came to the point where, um, uh, this young man came up to me one day, uh, when, um, the, the pastor had, had preached and he offered the opportunity for salvation. And, uh, and, and this guy walked up to me and he says, Hey man, the Holy spirit just told me that today is the day. Yeah. And, 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 and I, the next thing I, I knew I stood up and I'm going to tell you something that's funny. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go in a church and the ushers help you to be seated, Yes. I didn't like being put to the front of the church. I don't either. I don't now. I mean, I do because and, we're late. But. Yeah. <laughs> but but now you you put me on the front row. I'll jump at it. Okay. 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 I but, need to jump at but, it. But man, I'm gonna tell but you. But you're a pastor too. Well, yeah. But I I love sitting in the pews with people. Yeah. You know, I do too. They it's, always want you to sit up in the pulpit, but I still love to sit, sit with people because if the Holy Spirit is coming out. And, yes. and, and pouring out on people. I want to be right yes. there to get a full blast. Yes, of, you know? I feel the same way, like you know? an army. Like we're yes. an army and we're like facing the kingdom and we're like, these are the people who are ready. We're I, ready. We're yes, ready. I used to look at this, uh, you know, we used, to, we used to have, we need to be receptacle, like a receptacle ready to receive something. So this oh, wow. old Bose commercial where this guy would sit in front of a Bose speaker in his chair and the sound would come straight and it just blow his hair straight back. So I want a full blast of the presence of God when I come into church. Uh, so because, you know, I don't want to leave anything on the table that I could have taken with me, you know, because you might need that in your next spiritual battle. So, Amen. So, Amen. <laughs> Amen. I surrender. So, like if you yes. have not surrendered, yeah. like become into church ready to receive something. Ready to receive it. Okay. You know? So when I walk into church next time, I'm going to say, Lord, I'm ready to receive what you want to show me. Yes. Yes. And he will take you, you know, this, this experience John had on the Island of Patmos is not just for leaders is for the, the laity of the church as well. Uh, God wants to show you that not only, you know, is he present with you, but he's a present help in times of trouble. And so, um, you know, I just felt like, you know, um, I was resistant to sitting in the front, but this particular day, the ushers took me to like the third seat, the third row from the front. Mm. And, uh, and so when the young man came up and said, Hey man, the spirit told me to tell you that today is the day. Right. And, and I, I received that, you know, in my heart, I received that mm -hmm. and I stood up, which was, you know, normally I would sit there and wrestle. And by the time they said, well, I just, I mean, one preacher, he would always say, I felt like somebody should have came today. And yeah. I said, God, he's talking to me. Always, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> talking to, <laughs> to me. me. What do I do? What do I do? And, 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 and the you adrenaline know, starts spiking. And then you and, go and, and, yeah. and you could feel your flesh fighting you. And then once that part is over, your flesh leaves you alone. So it was Satan working in your flesh. Wow. But, but it was building up the time that day. It was April 19th, 1998. Mm. That day was the day that God was going to grant me that deliverance that I so desperately in my soul wanted. Wow. And, and that's what happened. 
you know, uh, I began to, uh, all of those demonic forces that was just kind of being uh, a barrier or just a distraction mm-hmm. for me really seeking the Lord with my whole heart. They begin to peel away. Every time I took a step toward the front yeah. of that church, it just, uh, those forces were no longer, uh, it was like a, 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 a strong running back, you know, just running through all these tackles and now you're in the end zone, you're there, yeah. you know? So, um, and from that day, it just changed everything. All the things that probably should have been a reason why I didn't, I couldn't make it or I won't make it. Mm-hmm. They became the reasons why I would make it. And that's where we, we, we come to live and understand Romans 8 and 28 for, when he says, for we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I want to ask you about that scripture from a pastor's perspective in that scripture, what it speaks to the congregation when you say that, because it's so much purpose in that scripture. I want to know, April 19th, was that Easter Sunday? No, it wasn't Easter Sunday. Oh, okay. It was, it wasn't Easter Sunday, but it was a Sunday after I had just, uh, I was the best man and a very good dear friend of mine, uh, his wedding. And, and in fact, years later, he and his wife, uh, got saved. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was like, man, you know, but that day, I mean, there was just so many things that, that was playing into this, right. uh, the, what was going to happen that Sunday morning. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I had had a very, uh, contentious argument and, uh, I really went to bed vexed and, and I mean, I was just tired and drained. So the next morning I said, man, after all I went through last night, and I mean, it wasn't a, you know, physically yeah, yeah, yeah. violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was You're just a human. Emotionally, yeah. It was an emotionally strained. Yeah. Marriage um, is hard. And marriage is, is it requires <laughs> yeah. a lot of work and attention. And, yeah. and certainly uh, yes. uh, there's a lot of give and take in marriage, too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, that day I said, man, when all I went through today, I said, I've got to go to church today. So I got up, I got me dressed and I took me to church. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't worry about nobody else. I know. So I just, you just got up and went to church. You knew what time it started and you went. And I went. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, and like I say, that day, uh, yeah. I received the salvation of the Lord. And it, it just, like I said, it turned things. Um, you know, we, we were um, getting ready to start. We we're trying to get some things together to build our house. Uh, so we, 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 we closed on a, a lot that was um, our lot that our house is built on was uh, owned by General Chappie James. Um, oh, wow. And so um, we were able to close on a lot and the, the construction loan the same day. Wow. So you, know, you did things, that on purpose. It was on purpose. Wow. You know, he did it. He took my minute plans. Yeah. I was just happy to build a house. So wait, did and, you know that that was General Chappie James lot? Yes, yes. Okay, yes, okay, yes, okay, yes, okay, okay. Yes, yes. So you were like... So this during is that where- time, it was right next door to his sister. Okay. Uh, the lot was, and so uh, how we got it was just... God. It was amazing. It was yeah. a God thing. And um, and even being approved to build was a God thing. So uh, it started to turn a lot of things uh, around, and in just over and over again, he's done some wondrous things in our lives and, uh, and, and, and certainly, uh, going down through the years, you know, always wanting to do your best and hold yourself accountable for doing what's right because you know, God is watching you. So, uh, it's, it's something that, like I say, even to this day, 
I know I'm not finished. You You're know, not. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that God wants to do mm-hmm. uh, through me. There's a lot of things he's purposed on my heart. And I believe that I will have not only the opportunity, but the resources to get it done. So Amen. it's just, it's a walk by faith and not by sight. And the more things don't look like what uh, he has put in my passion to do, uh, I know it's a God thing because once he manifests it, it's not that man should get credit for it. Amen. It's that you give credit to God. So uh, my life uh, has been a journey. And uh, and that's why uh, my my the newly adopted favorite, my favorite yes. verse is John 3, 16. Right, right, you right. Know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right. that whosoever, yes. not whoso never, but whosoever believeth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't care how you, if you read it, you sing it, you play it on a on a musical instrument. It still have that same uh, awesome spiritual connection with me. Wow. Now, the one I've adopted in the recent weeks, um, um, I heard somebody uh, during a, a, a memorial service say it, and I went and I looked at it, and it just it just. It looked like it's just stuck to the wall of my heart like a magnet. That's good. And it's First Thessalonians 4, uh, 11 and 12. And it says, and that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Mm-hmm. That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing. Mm. So that means taking care of God's business. He's going to take care of your business. Wow. I think when you say to be still and be quiet in a time where we live in a world that the next time we get a new job, we post it on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that's a sin at all. Right, I'm right, just right, trying right. to paint the picture of living a quiet life doesn't look like the world. Well, it's not it's not a it's not a quiet in sense. It's a spiritual quiet. It's study to be quiet. And sometimes think about it mm. in the political arena, in the keeping up with the Joneses. There's a lot yeah. of chaotic noise. That'll cause you to miss messages that God is trying to get you to or things that God is trying to get you to spiritually see. And so we have to learn, we have to study to be quiet so that we can hear him. He says, my sheep, they hear my voice in the voice of a stranger. They will not hear. So that means we have to be very, you know, it's kind of like, um, when my children were young, um, uh, especially, uh, my daughter, um, we had these this technology, and of course, when my son they're five years apart, mm-hmm. it was an, in, an enhanced technology, and they were monitors that you could have in their room mm-hmm. where you could hear them, and even being sleep subconsciously, you could hear the slightest whimper yeah. from my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with my son, every time he smacked his lips or mm-hmm. whatever he did, we heard it. <laughs> and I mean, my eyes were peeled wide open and I go from yeah. a, I was asleep until I'm wide, wide awake, awake and I'm paying attention. And yeah. so God speak to us. He speaks to us 
through his spirit in a quiet spirit. Mm. You know, that's why the solemnness of music uh, is a quiet spirit. Mm. And and it's not he's not going to raise his voice above the noise. Amen. You we have to be quiet to hear him. Wow. You know, and when he speaks to us, his voice is loud within us spiritually because we're quiet enough to hear him. Yeah. But nobody else. Th- th- those that are without can't hear him. Right. So so that's why we have to learn. And that's something, you know, no matter how old you get, you're going to learn more and more what it's like to be whom God wants you to be and work at that daily. So, um, you know, uh, Paul says, I have not uh, I have not obtained that which I am apprehended of. I'm not I'm not paraphrasing it, but. But this, what I do, he says, I leave that which is behind me and I press toward the mark. So sometimes we can keep hanging in things in the past that we've become comfortable with and we're not really pressing forward to those higher heights in the Lord. And so wow. that's why we have to be quiet to hear him. We have to be quiet to hear his voice because uh, we, we want to hear his voice above all those other voices but it requires us to be quiet to hear it. What do you mean by higher heights in the Lord? Because, you know, there are levels of faith. Um, you know, he says, you know, he says that um, you got to add to your faith those godlike characteristics. Okay. That's going to take you to levels of faith that, you know, a person just just learning how to to, 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 to try to live a godly life is not going to understand. Okay. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, you know, feeding off of milk, you know, mm-hmm. in a childhood stage of your salvation. But there's some, there's some demonic forces out there where you need to be spiritually mature when you're facing those or else you're going to, you're going to faint. Amen. You know, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. And, yeah. and, you know, he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Yep. Amen. You know, but of power but a and love of and, power and, of, yes. and of a sound mind. How yes. do you get a sound mind? How? By hearing God's voice. And when you study his word, you're going to know his voice because his voice is not going to contradict Amen. his word. Okay. I want to share this with you. And then I want to <laughs> ask you about a mustard seed because, um, I don't know. I just, when you were saying that, it's like a mustard seed grows. Yes. You know, faith as small as a mustard seed. And then we're going to go back to Romans 8, 28. People are like, this is, you're not going to, you're not a good, you can't talk right, you know, whatever. But God is good. Okay. So these are my anchor verses. And Uh I got this from a book by Mark Batterson called Do It For A Day. If God is for us, who can be against us? Mm -hmm. And this is when like something is bad. Like I'm like mentally, even like driving in the car my brain's like, I get sad or, mm-hmm. you know, yes. it's just like, Oh man, how God, how, how do you, how do you keep going on? And in faith, if God is for us, who can be against us? And then he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Mm-hmm. Another verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then this last one, all things work together yeah. for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And mm-hmm. I want to know as a pastor, when you read that verse, cause I know you read that verse to your yes. congregation, yes. what happens to your heart? Well, one of the things is that my heart, you know, it's kind of like when you, when you watch a documentary and, and there's a narrative, but 
with the narrative, there's a picture, there's a movie, there's small snippets and snips of. So my mind goes back to my mind scrolls back mm-hmm. to incidents, whereas I thought this was going to be to my demise. I thought this was going to destroy me. I thought this was the end of the world, you know, but now look what it's doing. Now Amen. I'm testifying to the goodness and the glory of God. Yeah. I'm being a living epistle that people can read and understand that God is still good and he's still a present help in times of trouble. Right. So you become a testimonial to that verse because when you're going through the trials, how would you know uh, that you're being blessed with good days if you didn't have bad days? Right. Right. How would you know that he brings you out of through those bad days? How would you know that he's with you Amen. in those bad yes. days if you never experienced it? Faith rising. That's right. Higher heights. The works of faith. That's right. Those are works of faith because, you know, um, you know, going through, not to mention going through uh, cancer or uh, terminal illness with relatives. Right. And so, you know, these are things that could, can shake you in your faith, but you, at the end of the day, and I'm not saying that uh, you got to say, what is the purpose? You know, sometimes you know, people think, well, they did all these things right, so God healed them. Mm-hmm. No, it was a purpose he had for this. Remember in the in the gospel when they say, who sinned this man or his parents that he should be born blind? He said, neither. Neither. But that the works of the Lord might be manifested. And then he performed a miracle. And he performed a miracle right in front of him. Not that he had to, but he wanted the works of the Lord to be shown to people. Wow, this all goes back to trust. Do you trust Do God? Do you trust God? Lazarus, um, Lazarus trusted God all the way into the grave. Wow. Yes. Yes. And and he, he had to tell his disciples, look, dudes, Lazarus is dead. Mm-hmm. He says, but I'm glad for your sake. Right. Can you imagine going through uh, cancer, going through a, 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 a near fatal accident or, or and, and, and the spirit is saying, but I'm glad for your sake because I'm going to show these people who you belong to. Why is he doing it for our sake? Like, that's my thing is like, why would God think about me when that person is going through a hard time, you know, but I'm glad for your sake, like the person listening, like God's doing this thing for your sake. Why? Because the thing about it, he said, these things that were done, these miracles, these works that he did, he did of his father, but it was for their learning. Mm. Remember when, Thomas, the one we call Doubting Thomas, Doubting Thomas, says, I won't believe it until I, I see, see it. it. Wow. So he says when he see it and he put his hands in the wound, he says, my Lord and my God, he says, you say that because you see it. He said, but blessed are they that believe mm. and have not seen. What encouragement to believe today, like period no matter what your situation is. Well, well, one of the things is that you got to get into the word of God and understand Amen. what the gospel, the good news means to you. Yeah. And what good. you should take away from it is here's an awesome God mm-hmm. that veiled himself in human flesh. 
and he came down on earth to show us his majesty, his power, that we could not only believe on him, but he left us with a perfect example of how we should live. Yeah, and we mess up. And I think that's the hard part for the person listening who maybe doesn't believe, you know, with their whole heart is it's like, you know, how, how, I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to say to that. Well, here's the thing about it. That's what discipleship is all about. Um, we, by nature of being a breathing human being became disciple into breathing. And when we got real good at it, we could hold our breath uh, and swim. Uh, we could do some awesome things and not compromise the life-giving uh, uh, opportunity to breathe. So living for God is a spiritual lifeline. Right. And yes, you're in an imperfect world. And that's why it's a, um, a just man falleth seven times. And then there's a song that says that even if he falls, He's not utterly cast out for the Lord upholds him in his hand. And and you got to realize all he asks you to do is do like little children do with their 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 guardians or their parents. They're so innocent that they will trust everything you say to them. Yeah. Beautiful. They trust you with their whole heart. And he says, only believe, trust and believe. All God is asking you to do is trust and believe him even today in the 21st century, and he'll show you the awesomeness of his power and the awesomeness of the relationship that that exists between him and every born-again believer. Amen. And and so now he says greater works you're going to do than the works of of faith you read about uh, in these holy writings. Mm -hmm. So now that means you go out here because you serve an awesome God Mm -hmm. He's going to use you to impact people. That's why we want God-fearing people in government. We want God-fearing people in public safety. We want God-fearing people in the medical profession. In marriages. In marriages. We want God-fearing people to teach our children. You want God-fearing people in every aspect of your life. Because when you ask him to come in, you're asking him to come in and abide in every aspect of your life. Right. And for the person listening, that's you. Yes. Just like it's you and me. That's right. Like this, this podcast is called broadcast his love. And the whole purpose is it's an encouragement to use your position, no matter what it is to broadcast God's love. And, and, And you know what Satan does to us? He will take every and any and everything that we've ever done wrong. And he will smear it in our face so that we will never think, that God could love someone like us. Mm. But you got to understand, we all have sinned right. and come short yes. of the glory of God. Because one man, Adam, sinned. Yep. All of humanity became sinful. Mm-hmm. But by one man's righteousness, Jesus Christ, we can all be made right before God. Because of one man's righteousness. So it doesn't matter if your sin is public or private. Right. See, Here's the thing about forgiveness. He says, if you don't forgive those who have done things offensive to you, Mm -hmm. then your heavenly father doesn't forgive you. So some people say, well, you got to forgive and forget. He says, forgive. 
your human mind will not allow you to forget some things. Mm -hmm. There's some things we want to forget. We just can't. <laughs> like, please, Lord, <laughs> you know? take this burden you from know? me. Yes. You sound like Paul. Please yeah. remove yes. this thorn. Yeah. So, so we want some, we, there's some things we want to forget. Yes. You know, and then there's some things we want to remember. And you know what? Some things, if you don't write down, you'll never, never remember. remember. <laughs> you know? Like any password to anything. Okay. Like anything so, I need to know. But, but, but you know? the whole thing about forgiveness is that you release the person yeah. from uh, your raft of revenge. Amen. You let God deal with them on that. You treat them with the, the godly love and respect that he wants us, he commands us to do to all people. And, and that's what sometimes studying to be quiet is to follow that golden rule, you know, to do unto others that you will have them to do unto you. I released you. Yes, you've done some awful things to me, mm -hmm. but I released you. I'm going to let God handle you yeah. because you know what God may do? He may bring this person down to the point that they can't rest because the things they did to you right. is troubling to them. And yeah. the only way they're going to get relief from it is they're going to have to come and acknowledge and apologize to you. And, you know, so you don't know how God wants to use this situation. So when you say forgiving, you're allowing this to be handled by God, whatever way he chooses to do it. Yeah. Don't forget. But I'm glad for your sake. For your sake. For your right. sake. Don't forget. Trust God. Trust, Trust God, God through it. And I want to ask you this question you've uh -huh. used a lot of good words repent is such yes. a big word and it's in the bible and yes. you read it and you're like repent like what you know it's just such a big word it's a beautiful word it's a word that we should be actively living out all the time you yes. know i mean geez repentance repentance yes. and surrender is another word that you've talked about and this might be the most simple question that you've ever gotten. Like you've been interviewed by a ton of people. You guys listening, if y'all don't know David Alexander, I mean, he has, I used to interview you in news, you know, I mean, yeah. this is totally different. Like we're just, oh, what an awesome opportunity to just talk about Jesus with you. And I just want to know, how do you surrender to God? How? Well, first of all, you have to, it's a, it's a humbling experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you really release your spirit to be guided by God. Okay. Um, repentance is to stop, stop the direction that you are going and go into a new direction. And that's the direction towards God. So repentance towards God is to turn away from that sinful lifestyle, uh, that lifestyle determines how you think, how you interact with people, how you make your decisions and turn your, your desires towards God. So now he gives you how you should think, how you should handle other people as well as how, how you should handle yourself. Mm, wow. You know? Because now remember you're a child receiving instructions from God. And to get in his word and to begin to read his word is going to give you the connecting points uh, when you're hearing from God. Because like I said earlier, he's not going to contradict his words that, of instructions that he give you. And that's why, you know, um, there are a lot of religious people. There are a lot of religions in this world. 
but there's only one Lord, there's only one faith, and there's only one baptism. So when God comes back for the church, he's not going to ask you what your denomination is. He's not going to care about what your skin color is. What he's going to look for is himself. He wants to see his blood. He wants to see that you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you have not repented of your sin, if you have not turned your heart towards God, then he's going to say to you, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. And that's why he told his disciples some in that day are going to say, Lord, Lord, I, I prophesied in your name, blah, 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 blah. Right, and he right. said, no. <laughs> right, right. Wow. When you said release your spirit to be guided by God. Yes. Release your spirit. That's releasing your selfish desires. Yes. Turn your desires to God is what you said. Turn your desires to God. And I just wouldn't want to encourage the person listening the Lord knows the desires of your heart. Yes. And so when you were saying, turn your desires towards God, it's almost like, hey, you have these ideas about how you think this should look or this should be. Turn those desires towards Jesus because we've already surrendered our spirit to be mm -hmm. guided by God. Yes. So filter it through scripture. Yes. Filter, take the desire. If you're like, I'm super passionate about something. And there was a song on the radio about dream big dreams. Go for your dreams because you're chasing after your dreams. Nobody's yeah. going to chase after your dreams but you. It's like, oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Wow. This, this so you're taking like your life in your own hands, hands rather than saying my life is in his God's hands. hands. Let's That's right. change <laughs> it up. Like we are living life on purpose for Jesus. And yes. I think we can try really, really hard and we can strive really, really hard and we can do really cool things because God gives us the ability to do it as a servant of Jesus. He yes. was a, he lived a life like a servant. Like a servant. That is how we should be walking. The Lord knows the desires of your heart. Yes. Wow. Turn them to <laughs> Jesus. Like, that's all I want to say. Just like turn your desires to Jesus because I don't, I, sometimes I think like, is it, are these desires good or bad? Like, is this mm -hmm. good to want success or whatever, you know, filter it through Jesus. You know, sometimes when you, when you, yes, absolutely. And sometimes when you're asking that question, you know, you have to honestly ask yourself, how would I use this to advance the kingdom? Amen. Yeah. You know, um, you know, even, you know, uh, running for sheriff, you know, how was I going to do that to advance the kingdom? Well, the kingdom, every kingdom needs protection and God used people to protect God ordained human government. And he want people. There's a very uh, distinguishable contrast between those who did things right uh, in their kingdom and those who did things wrong, right. how they treated people uh, as opposed to how they oppressed people. Uh, you know, and God dealt with folks who did things contrary to as he had commanded, mm -hmm. you know. And so this is why we got to understand. Uh, we said this earlier. You got to let the Holy Spirit invade every aspect of your life. Amen. So that all that you do, even in your human interactions with each other, is going to glorify God because it's done in a way that's pleasing in the sight 
Oh God. It's wholeheartedly. That's right. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. And that's always the thing I always go back to. It's like, how's your heart? How's your heart? Um, The last thing I wanted to just mention was every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So if you're praying for someone, I just want to encourage someone listening. If you're praying for someone or just while you were listening to this conversation, someone's name popped up in your mind. Just remember that. Yes. Maybe it's yourself. You don't, you don't, (laughs) you don't need to know all the details of why um, the Holy spirit puts in your spirit to pray for someone. You don't need to know the details. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your mind can't, uh, comprehend or handle the severity of what you're praying for. Right. But we pray knowing that when we ask God for his divine intervention on someone's behalf, Mm -hmm. that's intercessory prayer. And we know that God hear us, especially when we have a relationship with him, you know? Yes. Uh, So, so that's why he said the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. What does that mean? I'm so sorry. I know we're wrapping up, but just tell me what that means real quick. That means when we fervently pray right. for people, it accomplishes a lot. Okay. So I know that when I was out there debating, uh, hesitating, running from the call on my life, there were people praying for me. Amen. Yeah, I was for sure. You know, uh, and, and, and when... When, when we can talk to people in society, no matter how bad of a position they may be in or uh, how bad of a person they are, yeah. you know, when you really genuinely say, hey, you know what? This is a bad situation, but you know what? I'm praying for you. Yeah. You know, just like law enforcement and first responders like to hear the fact that there's somebody out there praying for them, praying for their protection, praying for their safety and their deliverance out of situations. Uh, Even bad kids, bad people need to know that somebody's praying for them, Mm -hmm. that things will change, that God will, 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 uh, through their situations and circumstances, they will surrender themselves to the Lord. Amen. You know, and sometimes they've heard that before. I want to tell you something before you leave. Yeah. I was, um, um, I was involved in an accident and, and this accident out of all the accidents I've been in, this was one of the most devastating. It was one of the ones that I dreaded. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Lord touched the heart of a lady that actually witnessed the wreck. Mm-hmm. And she, she came up to me and I mean, I guess to other people, I just looked like I was cool, calm, and collected. But inside, I was just falling apart because the thing that I feared most had just happened. Mm. So the lady says, hey, the Holy Spirit told me to come pray for you. I saw everything, and he wanted me to let you know everything's going to be all right. Do you mind if I pray for you? I said, please. So she prayed, and I'm going to tell you something. I have not seen her since that day. Wow. I sent a thank you card to the address that was listed on the report. And I'm telling you, it came back returned to sender. Wow. So the scripture says, beware when entertaining strangers for many 
have entertained angels unaware. Wow. So it goes back to what she said. She said she obeyed the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit said I was going to be all right. And she prayed. Simple. And we can be that for other people, (laughs) you know? Right. That's wild. I never got a chance to go. I thanked her then. But my my gratitude was so even much greater because I Mm -hmm. said to myself, man, do you know how many people would have sat there and said, huh? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you're saying, what? Do do what? You know, and I mean, is it really the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was I was a black guy. She was a white lady. Yeah. So imagine what could have crossed her mind. I'm in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. And now you want me to go pray for this guy? Somebody might rob me or whatever. You know, she was obedient. She was obedient. Okay. Yep. And and, and I'm telling you, I've had experiences where God would say, do that. And I was like, and, and, and he did it to me. I know twice, if not more times, but, um, I remember one guy, it was crazy. Cause this guy, when he saw me, you know, and I hesitated and it happened again. I was instant the next time. But the first time I was like, he says, feed him. I was like, what? Yeah. Feed him. And I'm looking at him and I'm like. <laughs> With what? <laughs> so You're going to bring manna? <laughs> so I said, what? And so then I had to go over to Suter and pick up my son. Yeah. And so I said, well, so, but I fell under conviction. So okay. I went to this place and I said, lady, said, what do you want? I said, lady, I'm just trying to feed a home, a yeah. hungry man that's homeless. I said, just fix the plate. I don't care what you put on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, well, you got to tell me. I said, listen, he's hungry. Yeah. Feed him. Feed him. Anything. You know, I'm going to pay for it. Feed him. A hot dog. <laughs> so yeah. I get this plate. And it's just, it's so full yeah. that you couldn't hardly close the lid. <laughs> so I rush this over to East Pensacola High yeah. and pick up my son. Yeah. And I, and I get him, uh, and he's in the car. He says, dad, where we going? Yeah. And he, and I'm, and I'm riding down the streets yeah. looking for this guy. Cause now I'm like, oh my God, I can't find him. Yeah. You're like, so did like, I miss the call I said, of God? Oh God, I said, I'm, I'm in trouble now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, so yeah. and when I, I I see his buggy at a store, and I go in the store and I said, man, I've been looking for you. He said, you've been looking for me. So he looked at me like, this guy is weird. This, guy. <laughs> this guy's weirder than he I said, am. Asking you he for said, food. You look like my brother David. I said, <gasps> stop. I said, I look like your brother David. He said, yeah. I said, well, my name is David. I said, yeah, I am your brother. Amen. So I am my brother's keeper. So I said, oh, my God. I said, man, I say, um, I got some food for you. It's out in the car. I just want you to come out so I can get it. So he was trying to find. So I said, well, get you something to drink. Yeah. And so he got this these two big two liters uh, of, of, of soda. And I went up and I paid for it. I said, come on out here and get this plate, man. So he said, this is for me. He said, man, he said, you look just like my brother, David. And I said, I, you I am your brother, that? David. Oh, wait, because wait. the Holy Spirit is confirming <laughs> like, all of this. So I said, wow. So yeah. my son is looking at me like, what is happening, dad? Yeah, you know him. I said, no, son. I don't know to this day what his It's the Holy is. Spirit. He's, said, he's so, all in this. So, so the next time that happened to me, um, I was instant. I didn't even hesitate. Yeah. You know, Amen. So, uh, so that's why I say 
God invades all aspects of your life when you yield yourself to him completely. And uh, all I challenge you to do is let the word, let the Holy Spirit, the living word, have free course in your life. Amen. Amen. I mean, I want to ask you, is there anything else you want to share? But I mean, (laughs) is there anything else? You know, that's the last question a reporter is going to ask someone. Is there anything else? We could be here all (laughs) day. day. So I'll say this. I'll I'll be more than happy to come back and talk anytime. Oh, my goodness. Uh, But I'm just excited about the future and what God will use me to do. So Amen. uh, And I'd certainly appreciate you. Uh, allow me this space and time on your podcast. Are you kidding me? I'm so <laughs> geeked out. I think this is awesome. You've been a public official in town for 32 years and you have come on this podcast and just been so nice, so professional. And you're a pastor now, which I just, I love that. So what church are you a pastor of? Uh, Jesus Holy Tabernacle. We're at 7128 Spanish Trail Road. Okay. And actually I start pastoring before I even retired. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. That's great. Well, if y'all are wanting to go to church and you're in Pensacola, come on down. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we love we love visitors. We love on people like God loves on us. Amen. Amen. Well, at the end of every podcast, we always pray, Father, decrease yes, us Lord. and increase you. In Jesus' name in I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you will also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakin.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs> <laughs>